Hi, I'm Kat Farrance, and I'm founder of Movement for Modern Life. Welcome to Yoga Off the Mat. This is the Movement for Modern Life podcast. And in this podcast, I invite you to join me on a journey to meet the champions of change. These are the most inspiring people I've ever met, and they're living a happy, healthy, sustainable life. Welcome to this special edition of the Movement for Modern Life podcast, where we share live meditations from our beautiful team of teachers, which were part of our first home yoga retreat, which took place during COVID-19 times. These meditations, Dharma talks and Q&A sessions, we think are fantastic tools for supporting us through these challenging times. Today, we talk through Lizzie Romant. Lizzie, one of our teachers on Movement for Modern Life, of course, is a really talented yoga teacher and also bodywork practitioner. She has so many skills and life experiences. She brings a whole lot into her practice and teaching of yoga. But today we talk about the theme of coming home. And of course, it's so important because all of us have slightly changed our relationship with home since COVID times. But also coming home is very much intrinsic to yogic philosophy. So I think it's really important for us all to think about what are our preconceived ideas of home and safety? What does home mean to us and how can we feel at home in our bodies? In this podcast, we explore the idea of landing on earth and coming back to ourselves. Lizzie will offer a guided meditation on coming home. I'd like to invite you to find a quiet space and spend a few minutes practicing with us. I really hope you find this useful. Please do share it with your family, friends, loved ones and anyone who you think may benefit from some positive tools in their toolbox for dealing with challenging times. I really hope you enjoy. I thought maybe we could start by um, just talking a little bit about what coming home means means to you. Uh, sure. Well, um, <clears throat> let's see. I think that for me, it's funny. I was thinking about it earlier just before we called each other. And one of the things that came up was when I was a young girl, about uh, four or five years old, I was living in Missouri. And Missouri is a state in the, the United States uh, that is very flat, and it's in the tornado zone. <clears throat> so every year there would be a big tornado that would sweep through Missouri. And uh, the houses there all had cellars. They all had this um, place where we had like a second nest almost where you would go and find safety um, during the storm. And so I grew up with this notion that, um, you know, burrowing in or hunkering down was a place to feel safe. And um, throughout my life, I've had different um, obstacles come up in the way that have left me not feeling very much in my body over times at times. And um, that is a really scary feeling. I think when um, when there's any kind of fear, what the body tends to do is um, lift up. You know, we lift the arches of our feet up, our toes up. Our pelvic floor wants to lift up. Our shoulders start to creep up. And there's a lack of, of landing. There's a lack of burrowing into the earth in a way. So for me, um, 
it's taken me really quite um, some time in my life to understand that there's um, a relationship with gravity that for me is coming home into a weightedness. You know, I know that mm -hmm. um, there are sometimes people use weighted blankets um, to overcome anxiety <clears throat> and um, this sense of, um, of being able to feel weighted and grounded is um, for me, um, you know, it's a sense of coming home. It's a sense of connecting to my roots in nature, to um, going out and remembering that nature has everything that we could possibly need if we would open our eyes and look to um, the animals and the trees and the um, interconnected networks that root into one another and nest down into the, um, the gravity of mother nature. I think what, what you've said resonates so much um, with me. I think when this whole situation first began, I, I was amazed at how, how uprooted I felt. And yet here we, we all are at, at home, but there is that sense of real lack of connection and, and, and root and, as you said, gravity and weight. Yeah. Well, it, we, we gravitate in the modern day world to our work and to external connections. There is a gravitation to the superficial, um, you know, earth suit of, of uh, how we look or how we act outside of ourselves when actually coming home is an inside job. And, um, you know, the, the house is, of course, a representation of the hearth, the fire, the, the nest, but really that has to come from within. We need to be able to hunker down into the inner world of self in order to weather these storms that are very disruptive and really out of our control. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I, I think we're probably all experiencing that sense of things being out of our control. And of course, that is, that is the nature of, of things. And even when we do think we're in control because we're leading our normal lives. We're not really, are we? We're never, we're never well, actually in control. I mean, this is the thing is it's, we create these mental constructs that, um, that create a sense of control that we're going to get to work and have something laid out before us. And this gives us purpose and it gives us maybe a superficial sense of stability that you have an income, that you have um, a sense that if anything goes wrong, there will be someone to turn to, a doctor or uh, you know whoever you call in, in times of need. And in this sense, whilst there's a lot of disruption and a lot of these, um, let's say superficial, I say superficial, but really what I mean is um, contemporary or societal societal constructs because um, that's not mm -hmm. real I mean that's been fabricated by humans and things will break down as we see as they break down we need to then adapt to rely on something that is more constant something that is more present with us all the time and um, so you know getting outside even as things start to collapse and they collapse because the news tells us they collapse because unless you've been in the hospital or with someone who has been unwell or you know unless you have been immediately affected really the only thing we the only lens to the outer world we have is through the media 
media, of course, they benefit greatly from keeping us in this uplifted state of fear that we turn to them to find our roots. And really what we should be doing is turning off all of those superficial um, external mechanisms and go outside and see that nature is still happening and the birds are still making their nests and the ferns are still unfurling themselves out for um, springtime and all of these um, other, let's say, another layer of, of life is unfolding and um, nature is still taking its course. In fact, nature is taking its course even with this virus in a, in a way. So there's many different ways of, of seeing. And, um, you know, one of the things about coming home is rooting through all of the different um, constructs of the mind and getting to something that is in the present moment that is a, a felt sense of safety. And that's real at that moment. That can be real enough. Absolutely. And I, I, I really loved what you were saying about nature and 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 I think that's um within our our community that's um being recognized as well we've got a comment that that sense of being grounded and connecting with nature is so important and even more now a good reminder and I I completely agree that um that nature is on fire and nature is flourishing and as you said even the the virus is is a part of nature in a way and it sounds like nature is flourishing because I think <laughs> our, our, our human impact on on nature is perhaps being modified a, a little at the moment as as we mm. we withdraw and we allow nature to to unfold uh, and as you say there are so many things we can observe the ferns unfurling and um just just even the 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 change in in the weather i think over the last few days that spring really feels like it's beginning to to arrive and um and that that's a lovely way of thinking about coming home to this kind of really broadening that understanding of home as both within ourselves but of seeing ourselves as rooted within nature too yeah i mean i think that when when there's this this sense of um rooted within our own being that we are all in a sense bearing witness to events unfolding that are neither good nor bad in and of themselves i mean this is classic um patanjali yoga sutra territory you know he spends the entire second chapter really talking about the human condition and ways of repurposing our mental fluctuations so we're not in the um, the drama you know the news headline drama of oh things are getting better and then something happens and oh but now things are getting worse and you know your captain is in the hospital now what are what is the nation going to do and you know if we can sit back and there's a sense of being able to rest back and observe and bear witness and bearing witness is such a rich and important aspect of the yoga practice of um, not of dispassion get, detaching from the um, needing to slap a label or judgment on um, one experience being better or worse and um, just being able to really look deeply beyond what perhaps is put right in front of us and to instead 
you know, this is also a big part of Tristi, of the gaze, is really um, being able to stay focused on something for a long period of time, but not in a way that is um, very with blinders on. So having um, an ability to stay with the landscape, to be able to widen and deepen our understanding of what it means to see, what it means to look, and, and especially being able to bear witness to the truth. And, and uncovering that takes, it's like you peeling away at layers to be able to arrive at a place that feels safe, that feels like home, whether or not it is comfortable. That's another question that, you know, being a baby and going through your mother's birth canal is not comfortable, but we arrive at a place from one home of the womb to another home that we adapt to. And humans, you know, we are so adaptable. It's, it's quite miraculous to see how over a couple of weeks, here we are with each other in a little different way. But, you know, we, we, if we can rest back and find a place to be grounded and safe and to remind ourselves of, of how we can support ourselves, how we can support one another, and what our resources are, then everything is possible. That's, um, that's really lovely, and there's so much to, to think about and, and consider and un- unpick in, in what you say. And I think, as you said, it's this process of peeling back layers, but also bearing witness and bearing witness without judgment which is um which is a challenging challenging (laughs) thing to do um as well well I'm I'm really looking forward to um to being led in a in a meditation um by you Lizzie is there is there anything you you want to say about about the meditation um before we Um, It would be, it's really important to have a good seat, whatever that is. So for those of you who are joining us, um, make sure that you have, whether it's a cushion or a couple of blocks or a chair, something that you can allow yourself to rest into is very important. Um, I would also say that anything that brings comfort um, that allows you to rest is is nice. So even lying on the back with your knees bent and the feet on the floor is welcome. Um, that, you know, we will go through a meditation that is um, really uh, an embodied practice of, of coming into our most important home, our body. So I'm going to start if that's okay. Yeah. So I would invite you to get comfortable in your seat, resting the eyelids, and taking a moment to sense into how the sit bones are resting on whatever surface they are on. And if you're lying down, how the shoulders how the spine, perhaps how the legs are supporting you. So 
So however the system of support is, become aware of your foundation and begin to notice perhaps if there is anything you need to do within that foundation to create a little bit more balance. So if you're sitting in a chair or using blocks or a cushion, this may mean that you self-adjust just a little bit using the fingers or the hands to bring more contact into the sit bones. And if you're lying on your back, this may be adjusting the way the feet are in touch with the floor or how the shoulder blades are resting down, supporting the ribs. And however you're oriented for the foundation, start to become aware of how you are bearing the weight. Begin to notice if you're holding any tension in the pelvic floor, in the digestive organs, in the diaphragm, which is the solar plexus area above the belly, in the shoulders, perhaps even the jaw or the tongue. And as you allow this area of the digestive system to become more expansive, more voluminous, start to take stock of how the tail is resting. Like on any journey, the first part of preparing for that journey is orient orienting yourself. So at this moment, in order to arrive into the body, you need to orient into a support system that allows you to rest down. And as that resting place becomes weighted and full, bringing your awareness up through the front of the spine, And the neck is included in that front of the spine, so let the back of your head rest a little bit back as the crown of the head becomes lighter, more available. We're giving you a sense of natural lift, of natural brightness. You may even wish to bring your belly onto your hands onto the belly. And as you do that, or as you bring your awareness into this area, this question of support is so very vital 
to our existence. And you have everything you need right here, right now in the body. However you are finding the weight in your body, the pelvic floor is a support. And the more you can let the pelvic floor go and find your spine, either vertically or horizontally, you are feeding the engine of your system. In fact, if you can start to imagine your body as your home, you have all the inner workings. You have your heating system in the torso, all of these magical technologies exist to process energy, to bring warmth and nourishment. And the more that you have a support system there, the more then you can allow the resources within to work efficiently, masterfully, magically, to keep this balance and interconnection. And as you bring your awareness up from the digestive system, the next level of support is the diaphragm at the lower part of the ribs. So see if you can imagine the lower ribs somehow mirroring the pelvis and the source of life through the function of breathing as you allow your breathing to remain calm but complete. And that calmness and completeness of your breathing is happening in the middle of the torso. And every inhale, in effect, it's like your home can be a little more expansive. The home of your being can be a little more complete in its contents. Take a little bit of time to follow your breathing pattern. And explore without any effort how complete an inhale could be just through the middle of the torso, through the belly. And as you exhale, finding just a little bit more of a connection both into the earth and through the crown of the head to 
the rest of humanity. Even as you stay with <clears throat> your breathing, the back of your body is also a kind of support system. So as you continue with this mindful breathing, this observation, this bearing witness of the life force coming in to the lungs, and leaving through the crown of the head, trusting the back to be a support for your whole system. And as you allow the head also to rest back, the eyes softly can bear witness to this whole magical mechanism of being. They can rest down into the heart. Every breath you take nourishes the heart, embraces the heart as you inhale and as you exhale and is facilitating the technology of the blood flowing in the body. And as you take the lens of the eyes down into the digestive organs, bearing witness to the technology of the digestive organs that even now they are processing energy, food waste, very intelligently identifying what is useful for your continued presence on this earth and what is not useful anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And as you take the lens, the gaze through the eyes even deeper, you might imagine the roots growing through the sit bones, more through the feet, more through the back of your body, down into the earth, through the soil, through the various layers that Mother Nature provides to nourish all her earthlings. And as you slowly bring the awareness back up through the spine, these various points of mention, bringing the lens back to the heart. And not unlike the roots through the feet or the sit bones or the back, the heart is another hub of rootedness. And out of the heart springs the arms that are so useful for embracing one another in other times, in future times. The hands which are such an incredible resource, a tool for us to create beauty and meaning through music, through the arts, writing, painting, drawing, cooking, gardening, all these beautiful creations that come from the heart through the hands. So however the hands are for you, without moving them, these just little micro movements of awareness, acknowledgement, and bringing the awareness up through the front of the spine, the front of the neck. Again, without any big movement, definitely not a movement that is 
available to see just a small movement to allow the acknowledgement of the throat, the hub of communication, through words, song, vibration. And as you bring your awareness up into the cranium, even with the eyelids closed, you can just ever so slightly allow the eyes to move within the sockets to the left, as if you were going to look from your beacon, from your home, out through the left ear into this whole landscape. and back into a resting place before you take them to the right till the eyes are closed, but you are looking for an expansive awareness, bearing witness through the right ear. And as you bring the eyes back into this resting place, imagining this space above the eyes at the crown of the head, Scanning the whole of the cranium in wonder, this mass of gray matter that affords us the opportunity for enjoyment, to experience the wonder, to experience the stillness. as we observe the changes in nature and the changes in our present moment in time. And as you bring the awareness to the crown of the head and taking these breaths around the spine in this broad way, filling the container of your body with the contents, the mechanisms that help you to be in this lifetime, but also your experiences, your life stories that give your home a sense of meaning that give your home a special sense of authenticity, of safety, the known story of you. And you can take a couple of deeper breaths and allow that to settle into your system. And when you're ready, you can slowly allow the eyelids to lift open. Thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you, Lizzie. That was really 
um, really lovely, and I, I I felt really held through through that whole meditation. So it yes, it it, it felt it felt like a a big virtual hug, which was um, which was really lovely. So thank you very much for that. We um, we have some questions for you. Can can I read read those yeah, out please, to you? Yes. So, um, so we have a question, uh, and they're both actually from. Um, oh, I think it's it's just come up twice. So they're from Vera, and she asks. She says, "Lizzie, I have just done your class coming home and loved it, but what a challenge!" I just could not do the movement where one places the ankle onto the knee of the bended opposite leg. Mm, that's a tricky one. So she goes on to say, Lizzie, why can't I do this movement? Your model had her leg quite flat. Mine was up and I could not get it to go down. Um, which which muscles do I have to train to give me that flexibility I do enjoy a challenge. So I did laugh at myself when I looked at how clumsy I was compared to your <laughs> student on the on the video. So th that's a fantastic question. Um, it's also hugely challenging for me. I remember on many occasions being in yoga classes, um, quite uh, hating on the teacher who led us there for uh, 20 breaths or so. So it's very, uh, it's a good question. The thing I would recommend in that case is to bring the top leg in front of the bottom leg. So you're more in a Sukhasana variation where you're in a simple cross-legged seat. Um, there are, it's not an easy question in terms of muscle training. It's more about releasing. And oftentimes the confusion comes within, it's all about pel the pelvis, that um, when you bring the legs into a cross-seated position. One thing I would recommend is you sit a little bit higher. So you could sit on a couple of blocks. That will bring your pelvis into a more forward position and the sit bones more away from each other. So that will give you space to potentially bring the legs a little more in relationship. The other thing you can do is bring a block under the top knee so that it feels rested and weighted down and not lifted up because that lifting up will probably put some tension in the hip flexors, that area that actually is the very thing you want to release. So I wouldn't, it's not one of those things that you can force. It takes time and some days, um, I, some days are just different than others. So definitely honor your body. Don't push it. Don't um, force it. But coming into um, like a, a pigeon preparation can work with the same territory. Lying on your belly with your knees spread apart and the feet, um, if you would imagine, you have, if that's an, oh, let me see, I'm very confused because it's uh, mirroring, but if that's an ankle and the knee and the hip, you're looking for the relationship. So with the legs spread wide and you on your belly, you have your knees far apart, knees in the same line as the hips, ankles in the same line as the knees, that can help that opening happen too. So a bit, a bit like an upside down frog then, a sort of like little frog's yes. legs yes. going out. Yeah. In fact, anything that works with the hips can help to get into that territory. 
even it's surprising, but we always think oh, well, a lot of a lot of us think that hip openers are when we open the knees apart or like you're talking about um, uh, ankle to knee pose. Sometimes it's called log pose or there's a lot of different names, double pigeon. But um, actually, um, there are a lot of other um, asana that are working the outer hip. So if you look up a, a, um, an asana called Parsvottanasana, where the, the hips are more squared, it's actually working on the outer hip area. So you have to keep in mind that the hips are a pretty complex set of um, me mechanisms. And the point is that we need to balance all of the various openings and closings of the hips. Yeah, and the hips Thank are you for asking the question. Hips are amazing, aren't they? I, 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 all, you know, that's the seat of you know. This is all kind of very first chakra stuff uh, that happen in the hips, having a roof over our head, feeling safe, having enough food to eat. You know, all of these kind of very basic um, human needs are our first chakra yeah. stuff. That's the hips, and and I've heard that apparently no two human beings have identical hips they're a bit like your fingerprints as well so our hips are unique and and as you said it's it's linked to our sense of of survival We've, we have some more comments so zoe says so glad i lay down for that meditation with a sandbag over my stomach i went very deep and felt so grounded thank you so um thank you for the comment and then uh, Vera's Vera's saying um, so probably coming back to to the to the hip. So she's um, commenting, Lizzie, thank you. I can see the logic of the two blocks, and we'll try that. The pigeon pose you suggest is more manageable since you suggest the ankle down to the pubic bone, whereas if the leg is placed at a right angle, it is. Um, much more challenging so yeah and it, it's important to note also that the knees are can be quite vulnerable um as well if you are not taking really a lot of care with pigeon prep um, with the pigeon when you're upright or even lying on your belly the knee really you need to take care not to damage the meniscus on the inner part of the knee so so complex our bodies are so complex but so so fascinating um as well so i think we've um we don't have any more questions uh but that was that was such a lovely um, meditation. I, I, I kind of, um, Zoe said she was lying down. <laughs> I was thinking, I, I wish I was as well. It, um, mm. And I think that sensation of, of lying with a, a weight over you as well as um, the sandbag is um, would be would be lovely. In fact, I think I might just replay this and um, and try it with with a, a a big old bolster over my belly as well. Having weight can really be. You can also um, buy weighted blankets. That um, you know, as long as you're not using the weight too long, it can be a really soothing mechanism for coming back into the body to be more with with the whole system. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, Susanna's um, saying saying thank you. Um, it's lovely, Kathy. Um, thank you, thank you, um, Lizzie. That was lovely. So um, Heidi says thank you for the super meditation. I was uh, she was also lying down and it was deeply deeply relaxing. Oh, so great. it was um, it it was lovely and it it 
definitely I think felt like felt like coming home um and and really that that journey inward was uh was so special as well so it's important also that you know we need to be more resourced and um, take responsibility for ourselves and in order to do that we need to know how we work you know to um, to be more in touch with what these different sensations we're having are because when we get into a state of anxiety and, you know, there's um, a lot of a lot written about um, post-traumatic stress disorder or uh, post-traumatic stress. Um, uh, I don't even like to call it a disorder because it's just an experience, post-traumatic mm. stress experience that, um, you know, there's a tremendous amount of, of strain on the body through the nervous system. And um, we wear the nervous system primarily on the skin. So, you know, um, being able to self-soothe and learning how to touch ourselves in a way that is um, safe, that feels like it's grounding is really important. And creating a map of our whole inner world can resolve a lot of chronic illness, a lot of chronic pain before it establishes itself into the system like as a foothold you know we have different weaknesses like for example eczema seems to come out in um, people in the same place again and again it's like a weakness you know and I think that if we have a good um, relationship with our inner world and we can use meditations like this one or there are many many others to um, create almost a mind map of our inner world then we can nourish ourselves in a way that prevents us from having, as I was speaking before, at the beginning of the meditation, this need to continually reach out into this sort of societal network that is not necessarily something we can rely on, especially in today's today's moment. So yes, yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think what I've been hearing about a lot today, and I've been thinking about it a little bit was that they've been saying that once you are in the, an ICU and, and you, you do have an intervention with, with your breath that has a real impact on your, on your mind um, and your, your, your mental well-being and on every other system, which just shows how connected we are and perhaps how, how little we do understand how an impact in one part of our body actually has an impact on on places that we don't even think of as as physical for example our minds well i can tell you that after my transplant i spent three days in the icu on a ventilator and i when i came out and i was transferred into another room the first time that i was able to go to the toilet and look at myself my face was a face of horror and shock like my the whole expression was held in a way that I had never I had never seen on myself before and um, you know it can take years to get over different events and you know as I was saying at the beginning it's not that any one event is bigger than the other they're different and how we as unique and very differently wired individuals 
respond to those events is, you know, for one person, it could be, um, you know, the wind blowing outside is a monumental event. If you have a phobia of wind that can traumatize you, you know, to be in a windstorm. Um, and for another, it can be, um, you know, having a virus that you've been told is life-threatening and that you may not live through. For another, it can be simply not having a steady paycheck. And so it's for none of us to judge one, one experience over the other, but it's to allow ourselves to, you know, understand what we're going through, to take pause, to be with that. And again, to start to in our own time, because like Vera's question about the hips, you can't force it, but in our own time to be able to um, sort of dissect or deconstruct the layers to get to something that feels real, because fear takes on so many different, uh, different colors and hues that we sometimes get confused as humans as, you know, is it anger or is it um, is it greed or is it actually fear of something else? So it's, it is important to take time to be with our whole being. And, and to make space for, for all of that um, as well. Thank you so much, Lizzie. That was, nice that was really lovely. Um, and thank you all for, for joining us this evening um, as well. So um, thank you. It was lovely. Thank you so very much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed the meditation. Do stay tuned on the Movement for Modern Life podcast for more practices from our online retreats. And they're going to be released over the next few weeks. Um, please do subscribe so that you won't miss a session. And it would be great if you would be able to review us too. We um, really, really do appreciate and need the positive reviews so that others can find us. And of course, please share this with your friends. You can go to Movement for Modern Life forward slash podcast, and there you will find the beautiful array of our yoga off the mat and champions of change series. Um, and also, of course, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all the other usual places you will find a podcast. Please do go to movementformodernlife.com. Sign up for your free 14-day trial. There has never been a better time to get your online yoga practices. So thank you very, very much. And take care of yourselves and your loved ones.